start to change the way you've been doing it and say, God, uh, what I'm doing is not working. Uh, I'm not going to stop doing, uh, but show me another way uh, to do it. Uh, and God certainly will show you another way. He showed Peter. Another way. If this is not the way, Lord, show We must not ask and expect things on to do something great for us unless we're doing our very best. Oftentimes we're telling God to do things and do, do this and do that, but we're just sitting back. And God is saying, I always give you my best. Why are you always giving me less? I'm always giving you my very best. Why you give me less? And so God is, is, is there saying, you haven't put any work in. No skin in the game. You need some skin in the game for me to work with you. We are in this together. The Bible says we're laborers together with him. So why do we think we can just give him the minimum and he got to do the maximum? When Jesus told Peter to launch out into the deep, he was saying, from these shallow waters. Go further. Go further out than let down your net. Most of us would probably say, come on, man. Just, just, you got to picture this. I took myself, interestingly, I took myself into, like, the whole story. This is how I minister to you. I, when I study the scripture and I pray and I study and I pray and I study and I look to the word of God, I step right into that. I step right into the scripture. Right. And so I step right in there and I, this is what I picture. The, the Bible said the boats were turned up. So in case you don't know, when the fishermen come and they pull it up, sometimes what they do, they raise the boat up. And so it's standing up so the sun can shine in it. They got the two boats stood up and they over here doing this, washing their net, cleaning the net. And the Lord saying, hey. Can I borrow your boat there? You need to sit in the boat. And uh, I want to teach the word of God. And they washed their net. Frustrated, mad. They didn't catch anything all night. And here come this carpenter. Just saying, that's giving you facts here. Facts, right, Ethan? Facts. And so here comes this carpenter. No fisherman, carpenter. How about you let me use one of those boats? I get in, you just push me out a little bit so I can teach these people some things. Me and you, we would have did something like this. Probably, let me say me. I'd have looked at him. Is he crazy or what? Is he, is he, is he crazy? Has he lost his mind? All night long, we're toiling, trying to catch fish. I got to go home. I go, my wife got to make my tea. I got to eat my breakfast. Weary. And he come and tell me, let him borrow one of these ships so he can sit in and teach. What is he talking about? But nevertheless, they didn't do what I would do. <laughs> you all can lie to yourself and say you would have did what Peter did. <laughs> they didn't do, they didn't do what I would have did. 
we would I would have just said, come on, man. That's just that probably just stop right there. I wouldn't even talk. I would just suck my teeth and say, please, come on, man, and just keep moving. <laughs> Listen to me. There will be times when Jesus spoke preacher as to what to preach to the congregation. And some will say, Pastor, don't you understand? I have been going through you know what. Pastor, you don't understand. All that stuff, you can say it, but you don't understand my situation. Church, you sit here some days and say that. You sit here some days, and when I'm preaching God's word, that I feel God told me to preach to the congregation. You sit and you say in your mind, he doesn't understand. His life's not like mine. And then you start painting my life to be perfect and yours not so perfect. So that gives you the excuse to do whatever you want to do and not do what the word of God says. And don't realize that all of us got issues in our life. I can't say that enough to you all. Do I sell that to you enough in this church so you understand that there's none and one of us, just what I just said, none and one of us that have this life that's so great and wonderful that we're just, giggly and googly about how great life is none of us got that and if someone want to paint that picture on social media like they got it just ignore them because people will be people we're not going to change now we're going to always be who we are people and the bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of god the Bible says we must confess our faults. There's nobody doing all great where everybody else should be like, oh, man, I'm missing something. Don't fool yourself and don't let nobody fool you. We're all struggling. We all got challenges. So when the preacher starts preaching about something that God says, don't you sit there and say the preacher don't understand because what you're saying in essence is God don't understand. If that preacher is preaching God's word, then God knows exactly what you're going through. God knows exactly what you're dealing with. And his word is still saying exactly what he's saying. God knows your situation before it even became a situation. As a matter of fact, didn't I, told, didn't I tell you last week that, or a couple weeks ago that God had already provided the solution to your problem before your problem even occurred? So don't tell God he doesn't understand and you got to do what you got to do. We like to tell God that. Well, God, the preacher don't understand and you will understand. We just got to do what we got to do. No, God don't understand that. I know he's loving. I know he's merciful. I know he's kind. I know all of this stuff about God. He's gracious and all of that stuff. But God only understands us obeying his word. He doesn't understand us doing whatever we want and then ask him to excuse us. That's what we want. We want him to excuse us. We do what we want and excuse us. We'll get to the, we'll get to the point before we're out of here. Simon and the others must have felt like telling Jesus he should stick to building furniture. He's a carpenter. Stick to building furniture. Leave the fishing expert alone. But they did not. Instead, they obeyed him. Have you ever been in a situation where you felt that Jesus couldn't possibly understand your situation? Jesus understands every situation. This is why one of the reasons... Why Almighty God became a man. And so he can understand all of your situation. And you wouldn't have this excuse to talk. Now, he doesn't understand. 
Remember, the Bible says in the beginning was God and everything consists in him. So really, we could not know God if God never became human. He just everything consists in him and everything flows from him. And we couldn't really know him because we wouldn't be able to see him. That's why the Bible says no man has ever seen God. Right. Because he couldn't be seen and known the way he was when we came into existence. And so what he said was, okay, even before I created you all, I'm going to become human one day. And so I'm going to create you all the way I will become. And so he finally became human. And here's the, here's the, here's the rub. People are trying to figure out, well, well, why this and why that? Listen, the only way a human can come into this world is by being born. So how else was he supposed to come? We just some hypocrites sometimes when we try to talk, try to sound, you know, philosophical and we try to sound art, trying to justify, well, he can't be God because the only way to human and God ain't never did anything wrong. So he had to come like human. The amazing thing is, man, God, how did you do that? That's what we're supposed to be saying. Man, God, that's amazing. And God, if you can become human after you just was all powerful and sovereign and occupy everything, and if you can come become, what can't you do? Because that's how I feel. The day we can describe and put God in a box, he ain't that God no more. He has to be indescribable. He has to be one you can't figure out. He has to be one where you don't know where he came from because he always existed. He has to be one where you're just like, oh, my God, you are incredible. The day you can figure him out, you go ahead and serve him because I ain't serving that one. I'm not serving no God I can figure out. I'm not serving no God that, 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 that can make mistakes. I'm not serving no God that, you know, I'm, I, I, can, I can tell you all about him. No, because then he ain't no different from me. And I'm not God, and I can't make things work. And so, no matter what you say, don't you convince yourself that God doesn't understand. God know your situation before it even became a situation. He knew. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God's Word doesn't need to be updated. You know how your computer, you know, all your apps, your phones, all of that stuff got to be updated. We're, 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 we're sending a new link so you can, you know, it, it can be updated. God's word doesn't have to be updated. No, there's no link coming to update the word of God. No, no. There's no new app coming for God's word. God's word is God's word. It's never going to change. I am God and I change not. He established his word before he created us. And guess what? The word of God will never change because God never changed. All we need is his word. Woo. Woo. My God, my God. We need to learn a lesson from these fishermen. (laughs) (laughs) they listened to Jesus and obeyed his command. It didn't matter how difficult it was. They toiled all night. They were washing their nets. Just think about that. I'm cleaning up my nets. I am not going back out there unless there's a guarantee that I'm going to catch fish. Because I cleaned up my net. We washed out the boat. We're letting it dry out. I'm not going back out there. You ready for this one? 
Why do fishermen go out at night? Why do they go out at night? They go out at night because they believe, I'll give you some more knowledge. Fishers come to the closer to the top of the water at night because it's cooler. The daytime is hot, so they got to go deep. So in daytime, the possibility of catching fish is not good because the fish are so far down because they're trying to get the coolness of the water. But nighttime is cool. They come back up to the top. Catch a lot of fishes. So just think about it now. Now you see how when you, when you dig into this, you're like, man, this is incredible. So now you see why Peter had the right to say, dude, leave us alone. First of all, it's daytime. So now you want us to go out here and catch some fish. That's going to be even harder than what we just did. We did it last night, all night, trying to catch fish. And that was hard enough, nothing. And now you want us to go out while the sun is shining? Come on, man. You see what I mean? We would have said, come on, man. <laughs> we would have said, come on, man. But let me tell you this. Where God sent you is where you're going to have success. When you go on your own, you might have a little success sometimes. But where God sends you, the location where God puts you, the place where God say go, you will always have success. You will always be successful. You will always experience the blessings and the goodness of God when God sends you and you go. We got to learn that about God. Are we going on our own? Or we're going where God sent us. Are we going where we want to go because of what we think? Or are we going where God said, this is where I want you to be? Because where God wants you to be, that's where you're going to have your greatest success. My God. This is why sometimes we get messed up. Because we go where we can see and think is good for us. I'm sure Peter, the expert fisherman and his buddies, they went to their spot that they always went to. Man, you know, right behind those trees over there, right up against way out east, down to the deepest of the water, about midnight. Just go there. And they went there, dropped the net. We always caught fishes here. Pull it in. Nada. Zero. Zilch. But they always used to catch fish there. Because when you are the one that's providing, it ain't always going to be possible. But when Jehovah Jireh does the providing, it will always work. You will always have what you need. It will always be more than enough. Oh, my goodness, help us today, God. Don't let the feelings of dejection consume you or even overtake you because you've been laboring and have not experienced success. Because Jesus has the last word in your situation. You got to know that. That Jesus has the last word. Why? You might feel like I've been praying. I've been fasting. I've been going to church. I've been calling on the name of the Lord. I've been faithful. And I'm not seeing any results that I think I should have. But let me tell you, Jesus knows your situation. And he has the last word in your situation. So while you might feel like nothing has happened yet trust God. It's not over. It's not over. You may have a, you may have had a disappointed night, but you're going to have a successful morning. You might have a disappointed night, but you're going to have a successful morning. The Bible says weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. You will experience success and blessings far longer than 
Oh, you need to tell the devil that one. Say, devil, I'm disappointed right now. Devil, I'm hurt right now. Devil, I'm frustrated right now. Devil, I might feel dejected right now, but that's right now. I'm experience more time of being successful than I will disappointed. I'm going to experience more time of success and blessings than my rejection and dejection and frustration because God has the last word in my situation. Somebody give the Lord some praise in this house. Oh, Lord, we thank you today. We praise your name. There is none like you. Oh, glory, hallelujah. And fear are such the climate in these times. Doubt and fear. And if we're not careful as Christians, doubt and fear can creep into our psyche from believing the word of God. challenge I felt this challenge and sometimes I feel a little bit even with my brothers and sisters in Christ I feel a little bit alone because when I observe how the church my brothers and sisters sometimes are approaching these times I said nobody is Speaking, declaring, and following the word of God. We're all operating like the rest of the world. We're just operating up with all these things and talking about all these things like everybody else. Listen, my words that I speak, my conversations will not be like the people. I don't care how high their position is in this world. They don't speak the same language I speak. I speak the word of God. They speak according to their intellect. They speak according to their own knowledge. And all of that is limited according to what God will give them. I go by the word of God, which is unlimited. And so I'm not speaking like the rest of the world. I'm speaking like the Lord Jesus Christ, the word of God. That's how we're supposed to speak. And sometimes that becomes lonely because you don't even want to say anything because your brothers and sisters ain't saying what you're saying. I'm just being honest with you. Remember what I've been saying to you for the longest, and you all are worried, thinking I'm going to die and leave the church. But what have I been telling you? I am trying to live my life expecting to spend eternity in heaven, expecting to be in a place of blessedness and just being in God's presence. And so whatever I'm dealing with here, I just look at it as temporary and to the word of God where Paul say, to me to live. To die is gain. How many times you hear Christians quoting that? They don't want to quote that. And so when y'all get crazy talking about this world and everything that's going on, I stand up, square my shoulders, say, for me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. When I live my life, I'm going to live serving God. And if death come right now, I am better off. Better off. Take that, devil. What the devil going to do with you when you tell him, I'm better off leaving here than staying here? What the devil going to do with you? What the people going to do with you when you tell them, I'm going to be better off in Christ, in his presence for all eternity than being here in this world? I'm better off. That's my message.
message for everybody that tell me about all the stuff that's going on. I say, I hear you, but I'm better off. If I die, let me die. If I die, listen, I'm not going to live reckless and careless. I'm not, but I'm just saying, when that time comes, thank you, Jesus. I want y'all to have a Holy Ghost rally. I want y'all to call. I want y'all to invite people that are unsaved to my funeral and let the people of God worship and praise God. We need people to get saved at my funeral. Don't have no repast. Have a powerful service. Have a powerful service where people get saved. Because that's all that matters. And so I'm not worried about all of this stuff that's going on. When death comes, I say, come on. You can't defeat me because I'm better off leaving this place. Arm yourself with the word of God that way. When you start arming yourself like that with the word of God, the devil is mad at you. The devil is mad at you because he can't do anything with anybody like that. They have that mindset. He can't. He's, he doesn't know what to do with you. Because the bottom line is, you ready for this? When the devil talked to the Lord, him and he had a conversation with God. God told him, you can do anything you want to Job, but you can't take his life. That still go for every one of us. That's children of God. He can't take our life. So what are we worrying about? Because really, everything that we fight for and go back and forth for is for life. That's the bottom line. Everything that we're talking about is, is, is life, is to enjoy life. That's all, that's the bottom line of everything we're discussing, to enjoy life. Okay. I'm going to leave it right there. Because that's a lot of stirring up right there. <coughs> Location can make the difference between success and failure. Where Jesus directs you to be is where you will have success. Peter's response was, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Our efforts without the help of the Lord will be fruitile. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to do something and God is not in it, fruitile. You're going to get frustrated. Psalms 20, 127 says, except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchmen wake it, but in vain. There have been various reasons that have been given why Jesus did that miracle. Some have said it was payment to Peter for the use of his boat. <laughs> Even as the widow of Sarepta was rewarded for her charity to Elijah by the unfailing resources of meal and the cruise of oil. As the Shunammite hostess was favored for her kindness to Elisha by the restoration of her son to life. As the house of Obed-Edom was blessed when it gave shelter to the Ark of the Covenant. As Jesus Christ himself testified that a cup of cold water given to one of his disciples should not lose its reward. <laughs> Regardless of why he did the miracle, one thing is for sure. At his word is how miracles are experienced. You want a miracle today? You want success today? It's going to be at his word and not at your word and not at somebody else's word. It's at the word of Jesus that you will experience your miracle today. 
at thy word. At thy word has been the password of all or many good men from the beginning until now. Saints have acted upon these three words and found their marching orders in them. An ark was built on dry land, and even though Noah was laughed at, guess what? He was not ashamed, for he lifted up his face toward heaven and said, I have built great vessels. Oh, God, at thy word. <laughs> Abraham left the place of his childhood, leave his family, and go with Sarah to a land of which he knows nothing about. And entering upon a country possessed by the Canaanite in which he roams as a stranger. But he lifted up his face toward heaven and said, Lord, it is at thy word that I do this. At thy word, he shall knife. For he has proved his willingness to go to the uttermost at the word of the Lord his God. Moses lifted up his rod in the presence of haughty Pharaoh. At thy word, O great God. And so we hear, we read in Isaiah 55, verse 11, So shall my word be that go or goeth forth out of thy mouth, out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. When God's word go out, I pictured it this morning. We can ride the word of God. What, where's the word? And get on it and just ride it. Because God says his word go out and it accomplishes what, it, what he wants it to accomplish and then it, it comes back to him. So if we just get on, get on the word. As the word is going to go accomplish things, you just riding on the word. Riding on the word. At thy word is what's important. Get on the word of God. Don't try to change it. Don't try to alter it. Just get on the word of God and let it take you where it's going. Don't worry about where it's going. It's going to be safe. It's interesting how at thy word, when we start following the word of God, it starts taking us to unknown places. We say, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know if I can go there. The words start taking you to unknown places, and you're worrying about, oh, no, I don't think I'm going there. Well, at his word, just go with it. You know it or you don't know it. Listen, you can't take yourself to places where you didn't know. Even if you go up there, you don't know it, so you can't take yourself to places where you didn't know. You need someone that's already been there to take you there. Huh? Jesus has been in this world and he overcame the world so he can take you to the world where he's in and, and, and you will know that he is the way. He can take you any place because he knows every place. It's all in him. Ezekiel 1 and 3 says, The word of the Lord came expressly unto Ezekiel the priest, the son of Buzi, in the land of the Chaldeans by the river of Shabar, Shabar, and the hand of the Lord was there upon him. Why did I read that text to you? The hand of the Lord will follow the word of the Lord. Wherever the word of the Lord has been spoken, then the hand of the Lord. What do you mean by that, preacher? When the Lord Jesus told Peter, launch out into the deep and let down thy net, Peter says, at thy word. And so he let down his net. Then the hand of God started working and filling the net with all the fishes. 
So when you hear the word of God, certainly there will be uh, the hand of God that will come and do great things, miraculous things. So we need to speak the word of God, obey the word of God, that we may see the hand of God. You need a miracle. It's going to take the word of God to proceed first. So the hand of God will always follow the word of God. Thy word. I'm getting ready to close here. Help us, Holy Ghost. Help us, Holy Ghost. The hand of the Lord will follow the word of God. Remember in, 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 in John chapter 2, verse number 5. And the third day, there was a marriage in Cain of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. 